faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more. Well, hello, and thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Friday Reporter podcast. Today's guest is Joe Ruffalo, who is the Senior Vice President and General Manager for The Hill and News Nation Digital. And I'm going to let Joe tell me all about what that job entails, because I think it's a pretty big one. But I'm so lucky to get you, Joe, at the end as my last guest for the June takeover for The Hill and News Nation. Thanks so much for being with me. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for having me. I have to ask, so uh, you've been at the Hill and News Nation uh, since February of this year, at least from my, what I can tell. Beginning, so, of, beginning of March. Begin, yes. Okay, so the but this is a busy time, and you guys are really you're everywhere. I mean, you're obviously you're growing into a lot of new cool spaces. There's a lot of opportunity and a lot of growth. Talk to me a little bit about the role that you're serving for the for the company. Yes, so it is a lot. It's an exciting opportunity. Uh, been a lot of, of work over the last few months, but it's been really awesome. And I've been blessed to work with such great teams on both sides here. So you've gotten to hear from a lot of the great people I get to work with every day, but it's a, it's been a great experience. So there's really two parts of my job. One is overseeing the Hill, um, and that's all the different facets of it. I, I focus a lot, obviously, on the business side, um, but oversee all aspects of, of the Hill itself. And then News Nation is overseeing the digital pieces. So while I work very closely with the television team, we are trying to figure out all of the different pieces that we can deliver News Nation in cool and interesting ways across digital. That's starting, obviously, with the app and the website and kind of mobile web. Uh, But there's a lot of different places that we will look to go over the next uh, several years. Well, that's fantastic. And I mean, I think that that's a really great place to be. The news business itself is really expanding and contracting and really sort of trying to find its way in this new, you know, order that we're living in because so much is changing and we're really trying to catch people where they are. Um, And so I'm glad that you're there, but talk to me a little bit about, you have a long, great history and background in this space in terms of growing business and, and being sort of at the forefront. Talk to me a little bit about your background and how you got started. Sure. Well, I, uh, I'm originally from Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, and so I always loved the media. I was a pre-med major, and I'm still disappointed in my parents that I'm not a doctor to this day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you never know, someday. Uh, but I, I always loved the media and, and just its impact. And uh, my high school actually had a television station and did the news. I always thought that was fascinating uh, and something I wanted to do. Uh, but while I was in college, I actually was pre-med. Uh, and a poli-sci major. I interned at CNN down in Atlanta when I was uh, before my senior year, and that was in bookings and research. And that was a fascinating place to be. And I I got to work with so many impressive people. It was just very inspiring. I I really knew that my first day, I was probably the most eager intern that the world has ever seen. I love it. Uh, But I could not have been happier in what I was doing and knew that that's really what I wanted to do the rest of my life. And I was lucky enough to work there out of college in strategic planning and then worked at CNN Interactive as that was just beginning. Um, you know, I was there when MSNBC and Fox and all those were launching wow. <laughs> from yeah, CNN's cool. perspective. Uh, but really looking at the internet and watching that, what we kind of dreamt would become of the internet back in those days. Um, it's just been really a fascinating career to to see all those different pieces uh, you know, people didn't even know what the internet was back then. Right, right. <laughs> so I was my grandmother asking me, what's this www.com stuff? <laughs> uh, and I always think that as I go through my career, because you have to remember, 
we're in this every single day and there's a lot of people who aren't. And especially as we introduce new technologies and new places, we always have to be thinking about those folks. Um, but I left CNN. I went back to business school. I worked at AOL, uh, helping to set up AOLs in different countries all around the world. Um, that was the last time I lived in the DC metro area. So it's nice to be back. Uh, <laughs> I don't think the traffic has improved at all since I left. No. It probably got worse, but most uh, likely, yes. <laughs> uh, but that was a really fun job, and that was going all over the world and figuring out what AOL could be in different countries, doing those deals, but all the technology, all the content, all those, all of that. Um, I later moved into more of a corporate strategy type of role there. Uh, really, in the earliest days of figuring out what digital content was going to look like and what those programs could be, and uh, working on things like TMZ in its earliest days. Um, which actually was one of the, the big pieces of AOL Time Warner back in the day. Uh, but figuring out all of that, I, I left to move to New York and went to Nickelodeon for a few years, uh, again, on the digital side of things, uh, but really working across the, at the time it was called the Kids and Family Group, um, uh, working on those different pieces. I went back to AOL, eventually uh, leading all of AOL.com and programming. Um, we decided to launch a video series on the front page of AOL back in those days. There were 15 million people who came to AOL every day. Um, so we got to do interviews with everyone from Obama to Trump to Elmo and <laughs> Tom Brokaw and anyone else you can think of back in the day. Uh, but that was a really interesting experience and really rethinking again, you know, you have this, this media and you have technology. How do you start figuring out new programming and new storytelling that can be done on it? And I really, really love that time. I went to ABC News after that. I uh, was lucky enough to head up digital there uh, for a number of years. Uh, and then the last several years, I've been at a company called OceanX, uh, which was really based on ocean science and ocean technology. But what I was most attracted to is how do you look at something like the ocean that doesn't have a real brand associated with it? How do you build a media experience around that? What does that really mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and you know that was everything from building our TikTok following to over 4 million. We're just launching a huge museum experience we we helped build over the last several years that we'll be launching this week. Children's books, a TV series on that geo, all those different things. Uh, but for me to go back to the original point of this is I, I always love news. And uh, this opportunity came up uh, and I couldn't ask for better brands to work with than something like The Hill uh, and News Nation and really figuring out what that's going to look like. And it's it's fascinating to me because uh, it looks like our careers uh, are similarly timed. So we're about the same age. And I just remember when, when we were in college, um, email was not a thing. Uh, oh. And dial up was definitely like came online during our first and second jobs. So it's remarkable to me that our generation has really grown up with this really a revolution of use and communication and access in a way that continues to evolve over time. So someone said to me not long ago that we'll be the last generation that will remember the analog of of things, right? And that's not that's my coining of a rando phrase. But it's interesting to me though that that now where you've been and where you're going now, especially with the new brand and the new uh, new job today, is that you're looking to find audiences where they are, right? I mean, that's sort of the thing I hear from folks in your position is that we are really trying to meet the audiences in the places where they congregate. To your point about AOL, like there were, you know, millions of people logging on every day, me being one. I still have an AOL account where I send my, wow, where I send my junk mail. <laughs> Don't tell <laughs> AOL. Uh, but they, um, 
it's interesting to me now because even even with this small podcast, right, I'm always looking for opportunities to find my audience, which is typically journalism people, people in the journalism space or people in the communication space. And um, it's interesting to me now, my curiosity is really in what kinds of trends are you seeing? What kinds of things are sort of standing out to you as possible? I'm not trying, I'm not asking for the playbook, Joe, but I'm curious, what kinds of things are intriguing you and sort of is your team seeing as opportunities to to grow in advance for, uh, for your brand? This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Sure. I, I It's a great question. And again, there's been just such a huge evolution in in you know, how people interact and how, what news and information and media in general means to them, you know, and I've said for a long time, it's, you know, how you experience content is almost as important as the content itself at this point, which is a, it's a a very weird statement to make because obviously everything begins and ends with the storytelling and the editorial of what we are trying to do. But the way that you really differentiate yourself is going to be in that product piece. So, you know, I look at both sides of this. I think editorially, I think there is a huge user need for information. It's just a basic human behavior of what mm-hmm. we have. But the number one thing I heard before I started and I continue to hear is, you know, I don't even know what the truth is. There's just so much information out there. Um, who do I trust? How do I get this information? So I, I think we all have a challenge in front of us. It's just from a storytelling perspective how we tell that story, how we tell that in interesting ways, how we are connecting with users in different places. And I think when I put on my News Nation hat here, there's such an enormous opportunity. You know, we talk about News for All America, but a lot of the bias that is in news and information is story selection, Um, what people are seeing, what we're actually covering. Um, Obviously, different stories are important to different people, but there's a lot of things that happen in people's daily lives that I think we're not always remembering to cover. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether that can be economic, that can be education, that can be health related. You know, the beauty of Nexstar, the kind of the corporate organization I work in is it's the largest station owner in the country, that we are a local company by trade. There's a lot of different things that are happening all across the nation that we need to remember to continue to elevate. Um, To the second part of your question, there really is the product experience and how we continue to look at that. You know, I'm a big nerd, not that that should surprise you based on our conversation so far, but I I really, the data and kind of how people are, the information that we are getting, I think there's a very interesting product experience to be had around that, particularly as we look at an election. You know, it's I, I talk about the thumb friendliness of of content and, you know, when you're going through your phone, how are you interacting with it? How do you, how do you take an election result or polls or kind of thinking through what the election could look like. How do we turn that into a product experience as well as a a written one or a visual one? Um, I think we also have to think about how we interact with it. I think that's the big change we've both seen over our lives. Mm -hmm. That was the real change at CNN, you know, more years than I care to acknowledge ago. (laughs) (laughs) When you're looking and, you know, you could cover more than one story at a time. That was the beauty of the internet at the time. It was, wow, there's three major stories we're covering all at the same time. You know, that that goes to another piece where we can look and 
be doing three or four things at once now. And we have to really look at that behavior and how we are taking information and news and 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 adjusting for that. Um, so I think there's a lot to really look at on the product experience. I think there's a lot to look from audio that I think we should continue to explore. And I think video is is not complete in its experience. I, I still think there are many different streams that people will want at any given moment. And we have to really think through how we delivering those to that individual user um, We've talked a lot about personalization over the last probably two decades, but I, I still think there's a lot of movement in that that we need to think about as we go forward. I mean, I think we're in a growth place. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. that makes a ton of sense. Uh, and and some of it is still sort of a trial and error, right? You, you have to be willing to take some, uh, take some leaps. Is this going to work? Is it not going to work? Talk to me a little bit, Joe, uh, because I'm not sure that I've done a good enough job this month explaining the relationship between the hill and news nation so since you're you are obviously next star yourself it's just a parent company um tell me a little bit about that nexus and how those two have come together because it really was my goal during this whole month was to really sort of highlight the work that the two brands are doing but also to help folks understand that the two are in fact uh very close together and working in close concert with one another um so can you do can you explain that to to me and to the the listener we are sister organizations at the end of the day so we are we are operated very separately and in many ways uh, the Hill is its own kind of entity. We are very focused on politics and policy, whether that's in D.C. or across the country. Obviously, we have a very large following that does go across the country. Um, news Nation is is a, is a separate entity. It's much more of a 24-hour news environment that covers the whole spectrum right. um, and uh, across all of that. We do work together very closely. I mean, I think the beauty of what Nexstar is, is it call it Nexstar Nation. Uh, we do all work together very effectively. So, you know, we have uh, the Hill show that is on News Nation. So that is one point of integration. Our journalists also appear across News Nation and across Nexstar stations across the country and vice versa. So we are constantly looking to share that information and work together wherever we can, but they are operated separately. I'm kind of a weird hybrid person who <laughs> goes across two things. Yeah, no, and it makes a lot of sense. And I, I've, I've obviously got lots of friends in town and myself, even I had a chance to, to be on the show early on um, because I love the integration of the two. I really think that having been on the show, I now have a clearer picture of how the two sort of work together um, in that cooperation. But it also is, uh, it's really good because I think you're delivering not only Washington uh, news, but you're also delivering it in a way that makes sense to the local consumer, right? I mean, people can see what's happening at the border. People can see what's happening um, as, you know, two hosts that host a show together for the Hill TV, um, both not identifying as specific political people, but with strong political convictions are are intersecting and talking and engaging their audience in a really unique and fun way. Um all of those conversations to me make a lot of sense, but I'm grateful for that um, illustration because I'm not sure I've done a good enough job. So I figured I would check in with you on that and how you see it. No, and it's it's a wonderful place. There's so many amazing storytellers and journalists that go across this entire company. And it's a wonderful way that we can showcase them in different places. I think you've talked to a lot of our, our greats already. Um, and it's wonderful that that just gives them another outlet. And, you know, that's one of the things we're trying to do, whether that's on News Nation, whether that's a live event in D.C. or in different places across the country or in digital or in print. We need to continue to figure out all those different interaction points that we can have with users. And it's I mean, it's I think it's critically important. You also have a network of stations that are all across the country, as you mentioned. I mean, how many how many stations is that roughly? 
There's about 200. So the the CW is actually part of, of Nexstar as well, as well as things like KTLA in Los Angeles or PICS in New York or call out to Wayne TV in my hometown of Fort Wayne, Indiana. So uh, it goes all across the country. And I think that's important for people to understand because so much of that, you have this wonderful network of journalists that are working at all of these different networks that then can feed into the coverage, which is really different than as much as CNN and, and Fox and a lot of those folks have the same kind of connections. It's interesting to me that we have these great local networks that you can reach out into and help illustrate the story. What, Joe, do you think, um, as you sort of cover the, the long view for yourself, what kinds of things are you excited to, to look into for the future for the organization? I'm sure you're starting working on strategic planning and some other things. What kinds of, is there anything you can preview for us so we can get a sense of what to look for? On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. Um, I wish we could say that all of our election planning was already completed. Oh, I mean, <laughs> uh, why should you be any different than anyone else? <laughs> uh, we are definitely hard at work at thinking through all of that. And I, I'm really excited about this election, uh, not just because I love elections in general. So I think it's it's a lot of fun. But I think we have a lot to play with, as we just talked about across uh, the company. Uh, you know, we'll be very focused on video and continuing to build out all those different pieces. We have a fast channel at the Hill that we're we're continuing to build out and some of the live capability that we do there. Um, we're also looking a lot at the product experiences and how we can develop those. Again, I really like figuring out how we can tell stories in a different way. Um, you know, I, I've said in other places, but, you know, over the last 10 to 12 years, there hasn't been a lot of evolution in the product experience around elections and news. Um, I think in, in 2012, there was that was the year of streaming. I was at ABC News. We were very ahead of all of that and, and really kind of leading the charge and what that could look like. In 2016, it was about gambling odds and people playing with that right up until the end, as we all remember at four o'clock in the morning. But mm-hmm. that was um, a really interesting time. I, I don't think we've gone much past that. And so we're looking at a lot of ways. How do you what's going to be the, the new interesting thing that makes the election come to life in a, in a, in a more interesting way? And I think when you look at elections, it's not really just about a day anymore. Um, the whole election cycle is, is you know, weeks now. And so we need to figure out how we can tell that story in different ways and how people can start looking at some of those numbers or thinking through them. I, I don't know the answers to all that, but right. I, I do think we need to start looking at how that how that can work now. Yeah, I mean, and especially because of um, 
absentee ballots and early voting and all of the other technologies and mechanisms that are are not new, but new to us as we expand our election coverage. That makes a ton of sense. Um, and it's, it's also the kind of thing that I think transparency is really important, especially because of the challenges, whether you buy into them or not. Uh, those of us who are realists absolutely know that the the process itself works, uh, but there are a lot of questions in the minds of others. And so I think that transparency is really critically important. The other takeaway I have from your journalists over the course of the last couple of weeks is that they really uh, value the the thought and the idea of staying with a story uh, and, and being um, really sort of not just on the day that it breaks, but also being um, mindful that a story is not just a day or two. So they'll go back or they'll, they'll revisit and try to help your uh, viewers better understand sort of what that means, not just for the day of the breaking news, but also what the impact could be either from uh, whether it's a mass shooting or a hurricane, really some of those other sort of really big news moments. It strikes me that your team is really smart about making sure that they're telling the story, not just on the day of, but also long beyond that. Absolutely. I mean, again, I'm very blessed and honored to work with an amazing team like this. And, you know, it, it depends on what it is, but there's a lot of stories that, again, it's not just happening one day. And we do need to think about what that arc is across uh, certain pieces. I think the work we've done in Congress or even the work that we we just did a, a cancer series. Um, I think those are really important stories that, you know, at some point those are very personal to the journalists, which was really beautiful to to read. Um, but it's an important issue to a lot of us in our own lives and really telling that story and continuing to follow that. Um, I think you, you've seen that with Race in America and some of the other pieces that we have continued to follow. And even kind of going back into my own world, you know, the oceans and, and, and sustainability and pieces, there's a lot that needs to be told on those stories. There's, it's an interesting policy <laughs> piece. There's millions of dollars being discussed from a policy perspective. And I think there's a lot of journalism that has to happen around that. And I don't think you can just do that in one hit and say, we're having a budget conversation, so we're going to cover it today. Right. You know, there's a lot of these pieces that we do need to continue to, to go through and develop and tell in really interesting ways. And I think The Hill does a spectacular job, particularly, <laughs> I'll toot our own horn. No, that's uh, good. I totally a agree. Job of explaining these pieces and making them really interesting. And especially as we look at the you know, the election, we always look at it at a very national level, but there's a lot of pieces that are very state-driven um, particularly as we've seen over the last year and we'll see going into 2024, that I think we need to tell those stories and continue to draw that out as we go into the election because there are national implications that happen at state levels uh, and we need to make sure that we're telling those stories in really interesting and effective ways. Totally agree. Uh, and sometimes the state's report into us on what's coming next too. I mean, that's the other thing you and I are not from, well, it's hard to say we're not from here because you've either been on, you've been on the East coast for longer than you probably were in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I know that I've been here almost as long as I was in New Jersey. So it's hard to say we're from anywhere else, but we know that those state markets and those, those things that are happening in those, you know, those communities are really the kinds of things that inform Washington and let us know what it is we need to focus and care about. Absolutely. And I I would just add, you know, I I haven't been in Fort Wayne for a long time, but I think it's important to remember that sometimes stories are, and I'm going to put on my News Nation hat for this, but sometimes stories are really only told from a New York and Washington perspective. And there's a large country that we need to remember. And there's a lot of, you know, not to get too personal on this, but I mean, from a Northern Indiana perspective, I mean, it's amazing 
the issues, particularly around mental health and, you know, drugs and certain things around like people I have known in my life mm -hmm. that are not really covered in a, in a deep, the deep way that I, they probably should be. And it's, yeah. it's something that we, we need to think about more. Um, and I think News Nation is really doing a, a masterful job of that as well as telling those stories across the country and making sure that we are telling the stories that people really need to not need to know, but want to know and are really affecting their lives. Uh, and I think that's a it's another big opportunity. I think we all have to make sure that we are telling the the stories that are affecting all Americans. Yeah, I think that people want to hear their stories, not just in their local coverage, but on the national stage, right? If, if they're suffering at their in their hometown, whether it's uh, addiction, mental health, um, whatever, there are so many, it's hard to list them even it's to even start. Like business and That's education. Right. There's, there's, there's really local stories that are on a bigger level. I didn't mean to just call out mental health. That's just on my mind with uh, certain yeah. situations. But I, I, I think there are there are just things we should always be looking at, whether, again, I think the business situation is, is always an interesting one, even mm -hmm. from <laughs> a local perspective, uh, that we should always just be thinking on. I think there's really interesting and important stories that we always need to remember. Totally agree. I totally agree. And even in the shadow of the Capitol, I live just outside of Washington myself, there are some real, you know, cottage neighborhood community issues that are really busy and active and you can't find it anywhere on some of these other places. So I'm grateful for that coverage for you. So uh, you're back in Washington, D.C., and uh, when you're not covering and paying attention to all of the things that you are, which is probably like all of the time, um, in your spare time, though, are there things that keep you busy? Is there uh, something you're watching, something you're reading, something that you uh, that's keeping you busy outside of the news? Um, I wish I said I could be, I, I'm doing a lot of other things at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> New job. A lot. I bet you are. <laughs> That's uh, a lot of the, the, a lot of my time. I uh, actually had a it was spectacularly insane injury before I came down here. So uh, I tore my tendon in my arm and had surgery. So oh my. people at the Hill saw me when I was in this enormous brace as I've started. So I'm just trying to get active <laughs> again. Uh, now that I can lift you know, five pounds with my poor arm again. Um, so I, I'm just trying to get active again. And uh, hopefully we'll get a little more involved in the community as I, I go forward. This is a great here. town so, for that. Yeah. Uh, my husband had actually been here a year in advance. So we've been going back and forth. So this was a very oh, wow. easy transition into into DC or back wow. into DC, I should a, say. A Amtrak life is is something I, I'm familiar with too. <laughs> so I know how that goes. Uh, and you know, if the reliability and the affordability were even better, we could probably do even more of that. But it's absolutely a, it's a great my, uh, my father and grandfather worked on the, well my grandfather worked on the railroad so the the train they'd be very happy at this point that i i use the train so much i love it i love it so much okay so as we get to our conversation and today joe uh we could talk for i'm, I'm gonna get you back on the show because i have so many more questions but i <laughs> promised only 30 minutes um tell me who it is i should talk to for a future episode of the show uh, someone I did not know that I, this is a, a huge question. I have to say, I've been thinking of who, we, who would be a good person, but the person I have, uh, I did not know before I worked here, but, um, Sherry Gretsch, who is at News Nation, um, she used to work at Fox and she is really helping put together all of the interesting pieces of News Nation. Uh, and just a spectacularly interesting person started in local markets I think she has a wonderful view of what it means, what News Nation means, but also just journalism and telling stories in a really cool and interesting way, but not forgetting kind of the local roots um, of what journalism is. And I, I really have appreciated working with her. And I just think she's a super interesting person. Awesome. I'm going to tell her you nominated her. 
Okay. That's <laughs> amazing. Do. I will. Thank you, Joe, so much for your time today. I can't wait to share this episode. I can't wait to follow up and, and see how things are going at the new job in this great space with these great journalists. Thank you again. And thanks so much for letting me keep all of your folks busy during the month of June. Thank you so much. It's been great to talk. And there you have it. Another episode of the Friday Reporter Podcast in partnership with PR Daily and coming soon to a platform near you on Big Wig Podcasts. See you next week.